fucking fantastically now i love this episode ghost from my third eye podcast joins me tonight and you should all be very familiar with ghost from my third eye podcast by now he's one of my favorite podcasters refers to me as his protege which i am very honored to have the title of but In this episode, we're going to be talking about the Okigahara Forest, dreams, portals, all that. So, have you ever heard of a little place called Suicide Forest? If not, let Ghost and I take you on a tour. We are going to be discussing our thoughts on what could really be going on in Japan's most infamous forest. And then we will also wander off into the land of the dreaming. So very awesome episode lined up for you tonight. Uh, there is, we, we get to talking about, of course, our favorite Halloween movies, and there's always one that I forget to mention, and my mom would be so disappointed in me if I forgot to mention actually two different movies. The first being A Lady in White. I used to watch this with my mom. There was a song that I will play on the outro to this that used to creep me out. She would walk around the house singing this song and I'd be like, Mom, please. But this movie is truly terrifying. If you want a nice classic old time scare, watch A Lady in White. And then there's also Drag Me to Hell. Now this 
is on a whole nother level. You want to talk about a horror movie for Halloween that checks all the boxes? Drag me to hell. So please go and check those movies out. Go show Ghost some love on Instagram and always check out his show. Leave a five-star review if you love what we do. And he also has a Patreon. Check that out. But on the subject of five-star reviews and showing love, I did receive a Instagram message, direct message from someone named Angela. I won't say her last name for privacy purposes, but... She listens on Spotify, and those uh, sons of bitches over on Spotify do not let you leave a verbal comment. So she, like the genius she is, decided, well, I'll just send it to her in a message. And I loved it. I have to read it. She goes, hey, girl. I don't mean to be so comfortable, but listening to your show has made me feel like I know you and your family personally. I just want you to know I love what you're doing and you have such a great energy. It's really inspirational to see how courageous you are and open to just learn and help others learn with no judgment either. The episodes you did with Whitney had me a mess, but in like the most touching way. Me and my mom bond over your podcast all the time and it has helped me work through some of my hangups to hear you speak about your experience. So basically, just thank you and keep rocking, girlfriend. Five stars, five peaches, and infinite love. And... If that wasn't amazing enough, she recommended a book, which I have in my Amazon cart. So, I am infinitely grateful for your message, and it blew me away. I I was sitting at work reading it, and I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Yes! Thank you! It's always nice to hear positive words of encouragement when you're doing something like this because it can take a toll on you talking about dark stuff or just putting your most vulnerable thoughts out there for anyone to listen to. So I did truly, sincerely, genuinely appreciate that. And on that note, let me know what you think of this episode You're gonna love it, and let's roll right into it. Did you ever see a dream walking where I did? Did you ever see a dream talking where I did? Did you ever have a dream where you win, where you be Did you ever see a dream dancing 
Okay, everyone, you know where you are. You are listening to the Cosmic Peach Podcast. I'm your host, of course, Julia. And today we have on the one, the only ghost from My Third Eye Podcast. How are you, ghost? I'm doing good. How are you? It's nice to see you again. Oh, so good to see you. I'm good. I'm just happy it's Halloween and we can talk about all things creepy. Mm, one of my favorite times of year. Yeah, me too. I got a pumpkin everywhere. You can put a pumpkin in my house right now. <laughs> Are you into a pumpkin spice latte? Are you one of those? No, I like a nice maple. I feel there like that's go. still fall. I'm glad you you didn't never turned into one of those basic bitches. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do, I'll do like a maple caramel or like a hazelnut for the nice, fall. Nice. So, uh, not pumpkin spice actually, and it gives me acid reflux. So, oh, <laughs> no not, thanks not, to the no pumpkin. bueno, <laughs> right? And I actually like sweet potato pie, not pumpkin pie. Where are you on oh, that, ghost? I gotta go pumpkin pie all day. I when I <laughs> it was one of my it wasn't the first Thanksgiving uh, away when I joined the military. That that Thanksgiving in basic training, we we were pimped out to the community. Families came in and like picked us. Hey, you can come spend time at our, our place. But the first one that I went, when I got to my actual duty station, went down to Walmart. I was like, yeah, I'm getting a pumpkin pie, grab some whipped cream. I'm like, I'm taking this back to my dorm room. I'm going to fucking smash it. Took one bite and I'm like, what the fuck? Look down, sweet potato pie. I was like, this is fucking disgusting. I, and I've never had it since. So, but I like sweet potatoes, just not sweet potato pie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all in who who's preparing it. Because, of course, like my husband's family, they make homemade, like mm. super Which sweet. Which is going to be mm-hmm. much better than a Walmart brand. Oh, yeah. They put like a crested, like, you know how they do creme brulee and they like burn the top of it with that. They do all that. But on the sweet potato pie, oh, it's mm. so good with a little caramel drizzle on it. Yep. Oh. I will say, I will say, in all fairness, if I was in your position okay not mm-hmm. saying i want to be a girl or married to your husband <laughs> but having a nice african-american family cook f- food oh it's yeah, so great fuck yeah i'll try it because oh, oh the y- barbecue can't go wrong. during the summer the mm. thanksgiving christmas oh ghost it's like i died and went to heaven i i eat all day like on thanksgiving oh. it's like you fast for a couple days before because yep. you know on thanksgiving it's fucking going down like yeah mashed and, potatoes and everything i'm because I'm, i haven't had them in a long time i would literally sit down and grab a bowl and just fill it with collard greens oh because i had and i will not trust a, a white person that makes collard greens i'm sorry yeah no me either they put like the bacon fat in there they put like all that oh it's so good ghost i'll have to take like a video and send it to you for thanksgiving oh, this I'll year sit there. I'll, I'll send a picture back with drool running down my, my, my beard and shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's quite a spread but to continue on my spooktacular i Gave you a little bit of homework looking into the Suicide Forest, also known as the Okigahara Forest in Japan. And before we get into like the specifics on everything, I kind of wanted to just get your thoughts. What did you think when you first looked into the Okigahara Forest? I thought it was bizarre. Um, The fact that 
people are going there in hopes to either a commit suicide or maybe have their minds changed and you know make their way back out the fact that there's people that go in there to you know i don't want to jump jump the horse but try to try to talk people out of it and, and what have you and, and some of the videos that you do watch i mean it any forest at night is creepy but you can almost pick up on the, the the energy of these people in there during the day and night and it it's just it, it's weird it's just an odd odd sense of feeling and for the fact that i mean they they don't release the, the numbers now but i mean it, it it's a high number of people that go there to commence yeah yeah, I have, as one of my notes, I wrote down each year close to 100 Japanese citizens go into the forest. And I guess this one documentary I watched said that one year they found close to, with skeletons and actual human bodies, 70 to 150 bodies a year. Hmm. In one that's year. Sad. Yeah, that's sad. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And also, just to touch on what you said, the videos themselves have a feeling. Like, Mm -hmm. just looking at the forest. It almost comes through your screen. Like, oh, what is this? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you you pick it up and it's just, yeah, I don't know. When when there's that much death behind something in in an area like that, and you go into it, and you, you can pick any haunted location um you can kind of feel that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily always pick up on it like when you watch stupid ghost adventures i i hate that show but there's other ones out there that do a hell of a lot better job and and you kind of get that like okay the hair right Mm -hmm. something's not fucking right in this building or forest in in this case and i mean i i was sitting here one night at, at the computer had the headphones on i'd I think I had one little lamp on, so it wasn't real light in here. And I'm sitting there watching. I'm just like, whoa, this is fucking, ooh, this, mm. this is creepy. This is like <laughs> real life ghost story shit and, or, or a horror movie. And I'm sitting there in, in intense looking at it, waiting for something to fucking happen or pop out or, you know, see mm-hmm. someone fucking jump down from a tree and strangle them. It was just it's weird. It's weird, and you know, a lot of the places that they visit, like on ghost adventures, let's just say, you have to take their word for it that people died there. Like, you don't mm-hmm. know if that's for real. Like, oh, right. uh, 50 people died here. It's like, how do you know that? I mean, unless you went back and, like, found obituaries or, like, this place, it's, like, skeletons right in the video or, like, mm-hmm. ropes hanging from trees right in the video. There's just bodies everywhere. You don't even have to take anyone's word for it. Like, people go here to die. Yeah. And so it's in Japan. It's 60 miles southwest of Tokyo, and it sits at the base of Mount Fuji. Did you find that? Mm-hmm. I did find that. And so... There are more than just Mount Fuji that have been accused of like being hot spots. Mount Shasta being another mm-hmm. one, for example. So I'm not going to say what my whole theory is right now, but that's part of it. Like these mountains are places that used to be sacred for a reason mm-hmm. because of the energy and activity that surrounds it. I did have one person who did some investigating and actually went there 
for themselves and they s- described it as being super silent ominously quiet mm. no Almost bugs like a... no birds no wind that's usually the the time in in america when you come across that sasquatch is going to peek his head out around mm-hmm. the tree i mean when it's dead quiet like that it's eerie yeah i thought that was really interesting because he was like you would think that it would just be forest sounds like wind birds bugs maybe other people walking around in the forest you hear some branches snap some leaves rustling through nothing he said it was dead quiet Mm. which we do have to take his word for it but just from the videos themselves i can see how that might be a thing like just dead quiet death everywhere is super scary and Local officials in this town have posted signs outside of the forest warning those who enter to turn back and seek help. So there's like signs posted up all over like the entrance to the forest. It's like, hey, don't go in here. If you are having dark thoughts, please turn around and call this phone number. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of like you said when you were trying to Google stuff about it. It was a bunch of suicide hotlines popping up (laughs) like, hey, if you're thinking about this here's this number maybe you want to call it i was just gonna say the whole string thing was what really fascinated me and and was like whoa you know what i mean like i'm I'm sure we'll get into it but yeah so i've heard that and i've also heard that some people and it's been found in there there's pictures of it they take a yellow ribbon and someone even speculated that local officials put this ribbon in there And it's a yellow ribbon that goes around like one tree at the entrance of the forest and it goes all the way throughout it. Mm. And this ribbon is supposed to be like, hey, follow this ribbon if you need to find your way back out. Like if you get really deep into this motherfucker, if you can find this yellow ribbon, it will take you out if you. So I thought that was a clever way of like, maybe you do get in there, ghost. And you're like, I didn't think this through. I changed my mind, but now you're lost. Yeah. Because this is a massive forest. It's huge. Uh, And I think the concentration, if memory serves right, is only in a certain little area in this forest. And you have to really go deep to get to the the area where suicides are are happening. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I don't know. Uh, He... So imagine being suicidal. You get to, you're driving all the fucking way to the forest. You have to find somewhere to park your car. You get out of your car. You start walking by foot into the forest kilometers. And then you mm-hmm. get to the middle of the forest. You're still suicidal after all of that. And then you hang your rope. You do whatever you're going to do. And then at the last second, you're like, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I changed my mind. Then you can't find your way back out. Maybe you stumble across a few other people's dead bodies. Then you're scared. Mm -hmm. Then you can't find your way back out. And you're like, fuck it. I guess I will just kill myself. Yeah. Being lost in a forest isn't the funnest thing in the world. You know, I've got turned around at least once in my life. And you're like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Then luckily I wasn't far from you know civilization or or you know mm-hmm. houses or whatever but it, you know that whole kick in and then you're scared on top of can i get out 
and then you're like, well, fuck it. I was here to kill myself. Might as well do it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, there's a parking lot near the forest, and it's just full of abandoned cars. And it's so creepy because it's clear that like, these cars have been there for months, and like the owner just never returned for the car. Like just sitting there, months and months, years. Some of these cars have just been sitting in this parking lot. The person obviously went in there, committed suicide, and never came back for their car because they're dead. But one of these researchers said that Japanese people have like a really close knit connection with nature. So mm-hmm. it said that a lot of people go in there and they're undecided and some change their mind and that's why the yellow ribbon is there but they do find it odd that because Japanese people have like this whole connection with Mount Fuji as being like this sacred place. A very spiritual why, place. Why yeah, why would they want to kill themselves there at the mountain of this sacred you know it's it's odd you think that they wouldn't want to kill themselves there out of respect for the legend or is it a sacrifice see now you're getting on my page ghosts like what's going on with this specific location because there's many forests Mm -hmm. but why this one you know and so They've went in there. It's like I said, they find about 70 to 150 bodies a year and they don't count them anymore. It's like you said, this is so this is even an older statistic, but they've said that they can only imagine that the numbers have increased over the years and um, they go in on a regular basis to try to get out as many bodies as they can because they're decomposing. There's, you know, obviously we're going to have to try to clean some of that up and they find like backpacks and tents and they find um suicide notes that people have like nailed onto trees but the creepiest thing is some of them have the person's name on it Mm. so you find the suicide note nailed to the tree with the person's name on it and then like a few feet away is like a skeleton with like backpack and tent and it's like oh my god now you have to go report this to the family and do you give them the note like oh my god yeah that that that's a tough one because i don't know when, when you bring that up i remember when we were in high school we, we used to go to junkyards to get parts for our cars or whatever and my buddy and i were walking around the junkyard and one of the cars that we came upon uh, obviously was in a, a car accident. And you could see where the person's head hit the windshield. There was still mm. hair and shit hanging out from that. Oh. And they were like, whoa, that's fucked up. Like, like, looking at that and, you know, so it's kind of like... Knowing what happened. Yeah. And it's like, okay, someone probably fucking died. And mm. we're standing here at this car. You know, it's just weird. It, it ooh, messes with you a little bit. In the violent deaths like that, they leave behind an energy signature. Mm -hmm. And so you get a concentrated area of these violent deaths. I can only imagine. But basically what they found is the majority of the suicides are hanging. Mm. And then some others are like gunshot 
overdose. But the majority, they just find a good, strong tree, hang a rope, dead. And that's even creepier, Ghost, because if you're yeah, walking around in there, you're finding hanging bodies. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the suckiest ways to go. The slowest death you could probably do to yourself. You know what I mean? With an overdose, mm-hmm. okay, you fall asleep and you don't wake up. You know, with a gunshot, it's pretty much instant. A rope around your neck and you're dangling there and, and then, you know, you, you do the death dance as, as you're twitching and, and oh. slowly going away. It's like, ooh, okay. That is dark. And it's also like some of these are skeletons at that point, so their bones are now in mm-hmm. this pile underneath. But some of them they find like still. And then these, I guess it would be law enforcement, whoever goes in there to do the cleanup, they're cutting these people down. Yeah. I forget who, who it is because they do like a, a an annual big cleanup where they go in like once a year and just do a massive cleanup of all the bodies and, and stuff mm-hmm. left behind and, and what have you but I, I I ain't signing up for that sorry no who's no. volunteering for that shift no not no. me no <laughs> um, another thing that I found was that people have been drawn to the Okigahara forest for thousands of years not just within the last hundred, couple hundred years but thousands of years. So that's what made me go back to the whole Mount Fuji thing. And the legends around that is because when you look into the mythology, Mount Fuji is considered to not only be a sacred place, but a holy mountain. And was named after the goddess Fuji, who came down to the Ainu people, who were the original inhabitants of Japan and she visited them and brought them knowledge and Mount Fuji was supposed to be a place of great reverence so it made me think of the Garden of Eden thing Mm -hmm. she's the knowledge bringer she's the light bringer she's the embodiment of knowledge. Right. Is this a demon? Could be. Very well. Just could like be. they claim in the Garden of Eden when the being entity came to Eve with the apple of knowledge, this was an evil thing that this serpent was evil. And then we mm-hmm. have the knowledge, the light, Lucifer, supposedly evil. Whether you believe it's Uriel or Lucifer, you know, that's up to you. But it was supposed to be evil. And then we have this goddess Fuji who descends down the mountain and brings them knowledge. And she's supposed to be this holy, you know, and then they, they regard Mount Fuji, name it after her, and then regard it as a holy place. And it's like, is this story all, all that it's cracked up to be? Right. Just speculating. Now, this came probably, if I'm going to assume, well before modern Christianity or Christianity was even thought of. So right. So you could, you could take the whole Garden of Eden, did they take this story and kind of 
turn it into the Garden of Eden story. You know what I mean? Right, like an archetypal <clears throat> story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you and, find that with uh, with almost all religions around the world. I mean, you go down to South America with the Aztecs and you know, Mayans and, and, and a lot of similarities. I, I think it's interesting that there's a lot of archetypes of like uh, dying and rising gods. You and I have talked about that. Mm-hmm. But how many of them have a Garden of Eden story? Mm, that, that one's kind of pretty unique. The, the Eden. Yeah. So Eden. that's why it kind of caught me as fishy because I was like, this sounds a lot like Garden of Eden type stuff, especially since it's in this foresty area. This lush, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be a beautiful forest. A lot of people say it's a beautiful forest, that it's super lush and green and it's really vibrant. But it's also this death place right at the Mount Fuji. And Mount Fuji is also referred to as a world naval. And is one of the many places on Earth where, according to legend, the Earth meets the sky. And it's known as a heaven's gate. And it is a place where human beings pass from earth into the heavens. But also a place where a variation of entities can also pass from the heavens to earth. That's very, very interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, God damn it. Like I just said, that rings true and through through so many different cultures and religions on, okay, if that that's their connection, you know, the Mayans, the Aztecs had very similar beliefs of between the the above and below world and sacrifices and... Mm-hmm. Yes, and the fact that it's called a navel, like... Mm-hmm. belly button. Yes, yeah. yes. And so I... And this, this, I could be talking right out of my asshole right now, Ghost, but people are drawn to Mount Fuji to commit suicide, and they believe that after they die, they will pass through the Axis Mundi, or the World Naval, into a higher plane. Just like the Bermuda Triangle... The Okigahara forest is said to contain high levels of electromagnetic energy. You know where there's a place in America that has the same same type of shit? The Grand Canyon. Ooh. That see, I'm telling mm-hmm. you this out this is not I mean to the outside looking in people would just say that's a very unfortunate thing that a lot of people go there to do this. Yeah, I'm not saying the the suicide in the Grand Canyon, but the whole electromagnetic portal thing. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. But I I just want to, like, for the listeners, you and I go think of things in a different way. Yes. It's not a coincidence or an accident. No. So all we can do is draw conclusions based on the other things that are going on in the area, local legends... You know, the original inhabitants of Japan, the fact that it's electromagnetic, just like the Bermuda Triangle, where people literally fly in and never come back out. I'm going portal. Okay, I'm going portal. It's a portal. 
And okay. in various places around the world, in ancient sacred places, they're electromagnetic and have different types of magnetic anomalies that literally can transform human consciousness, and they're referred to as power places. Man, this is crazy because I watched a documentary yesterday, and that's why I brought up the Grand Canyon that mirrors a lot of what you're just saying right now that happens in the Grand Canyon with, with the the Native Americans. There's two different tribes, and drawing a blank on... on Hopi. Might be, the Hopi's one of them, and then there was another one. And to, to sum it up, there was an archaeologist who was affiliated with, guess who? The Smithsonian. Mm. He's rafting down the, the waters, and it's where the, the little Colorado meets the, the big Colorado. And he looks up, he sees these weird markings, he goes in, he, he climbs 1,500 feet up there, goes in, and it opens up to different rooms, a di- whole bunch of different ways. He's finding Egyptian artifacts, uh, ancient artifacts of, of all these different cultures. And they're like, okay, were the Egyptians here before anybody else and this and that? And then there's another story of, I forget the kid's name. He was in college. This was back in like maybe the 60s or something like that, 60s or 70s. And his one good friend was, was one of the Native Americans. It might have been a Hopi. And uh, he finally, his friend got permission to take him to this one sacred spot. Now, when they, they went in on horseback, and at, at one point, uh, he had to be blindfolded. So he, you know, they tie the horses up and he's just sitting there along for the ride. They get there and his his Native American friend said, okay, here it is. And, you know, and he's just staring at this like cliffside. He goes, raise your arm. And he put his arm up to the thing and, and he went into the rock. And you what? could walk in. Yeah, he walked in and it was another room. And he, it was like, like very high tech uh, stuff that, that this guy saw. Yeah. And there's like floating orbs and and other things, you know, flying around like spherical balls and, and, you know, aircraft. And then he goes, he went to another wall and it took him to what they called the chamber of like truth or something like that. But it clears out everything, the impurity, including your mind. So when you come back out, um, you know, you won't have as much memory of what you witness going in there. And yeah, it. I'll have to try and find the documentary that I that I watched. It was just like on a whim. I put it on. I'm like, whoa, this is fucking crazy. But it's kind of the same thing going into Mount Fuji as a spiritual portal. And you find that with the Aztecs. Now you're coming up in, into Mesoamerica, uh, finding the same thing. And you go all over the world. There's all these portals out there. And it's Stonehenge. Stonehenge, which... Uh, Newgrange actually predates Stonehenge, which is even older than that. And holy shit! Yeah, and that's in 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 Ireland. So, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. So these stuff. are the power places that mm-hmm. they're talking about. These electromagnetic power places. Yep. Mount Shasta is one of them too, because they have like UFO mm-hmm. activity all the oh, time out all there. The time. Yeah. And see now to the untrained person this would all just appear to be like speculation or unfortunate events or like the story you just told they're making it up this Mm -hmm. does this stuff doesn't really my biggest argument is that the ancient people knew about this stuff the ancient people knew 
what these places were, that they were portals. And that's why they would say that's a holy place or like that's a whatever. And the Hopi people even say that they were saved from a huge catastrophe by extraterrestrials who took them into the Grand Canyon or something like that. Yeah, the ant beings. The ant people. Yeah, yeah. see? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I forget because I they even mentioned that. I forget the name of the, the, the mound that they call it, but. Even pilots, when they're flying over, will not look down and make eye contact with this this mound because there's an opening in it. And there was, and what basically started the documentary off was this: these two civilian airliners that crashed there in, I want to say, the, the '60s somewhere in there. And one of the park rangers was out camping and heard people walking and peeked out the tent, and it was people dressed from that time period being led by the Hopi to this area. So it was like they were taking their souls back to this mound so they could, they could go on to the next life. It it's crazy. a navel. Yeah. Yeah. Another navel. And they look like navels. Mm -hmm. Mountains. Yeah. You put, they look like a belly button. Mm -hmm. Vortex portal. Yeah. Like that just scr screams portal to me, you know? Yeah. And there could be one in the Bermuda Triangle that's, like, in the water, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's not the only triangle in the world, either. Mm -mm. <laughs> There's one. That's the most the, known one, that's but the most that's known not one. the only one. Yeah. For sure. You have the Bridgewater Triangle up in New England. I want to say it's the, is it the Nevada Triangle? Out near, out in Nevada, which kind of comes into Arizona a little bit. But there's w weird things with that. I was wanted to do a whole episode or mini series on the triangles of, of the world but i have yet to put that together and what have you but you know that, that's still sitting on my back burner oh that would be so awesome ghosts yeah yeah no i am very fascinated by the bermuda triangle in itself but i mean to to put just another theory on the table and i want to get your thoughts let's just say that this goddess fuji was a demon and she needs the bodies in this self-human sacrifice to sustain her and the portal, let's just say. And Mount Fuji is powered by the souls of the dead. Okay. Could this be a possibility? Very well could be a possibility. Um, demons, if, if people believe in them. Okay, take Satan, for example. He's not going to come to you and appear to you and be like, oh, yeah, you're going to burn in hell. You know, this is this is the destiny for you. No, they're going to promise you all this beautiful stuff, all this great power, wealth, whatever, whatever your heart desires. So if she's coming down and kind of doing that and luring people in and she needs the power of their souls, what better way? You know what I mean? Hey, this and is magical. This is, is great. I, I mean, what is the only death that's considered like you go straight to hell? Suicide. Mm. So mm -hmm. I just find it outside of the realm of possibility. This is just an accident that people have been drawn to this force for thousands and thousands of years to kill themselves at the base of this axis mundi this portal mount fuji 
it's got electromagnetic activity all over it. It's super quiet. You can't. And what did they say about Bigfoot too? You brought that up. Mm-hmm. That he could be interdimensional. Could be. That he could step in and out like that. Mm-hmm. And when he is in the area, you don't hear shit. You don't hear the wind. You don't hear birds. You don't hear crickets. Anything. It's dead silent. Mm-hmm. And fun fact, there is three volcanoes in one that make up Mount Fuji. Hmm. And they're Number active. <laughs> they're active volcanoes. Yeah. And um, the last time it erupted was in 1707. A numerologist or somebody could probably do something with that. 1707, that seems very specific to me. And when it erupted, it went on for two weeks. Hmm. So it was like a massive eruption. And until 1868, women were forbidden to go near it. And they were not allowed to climb it, go near it, look at it, be around it, nothing until 1868, which I was like, what? That is so fucking random. Yeah. What's with 1868? I don't know. And like women in particular, like anybody else could go, but women couldn't even like think of, they couldn't talk about doing it. They couldn't think about doing it. And then I get... I guess in 1868, they were like, all right, women too, as long as you're going to kill yourself, go on ahead. Hmm. Yeah, I was sitting there trying to add them up. It just comes to 23, which two and three makes five. Yeah, I'm not, nothing jumps off 23 the 23 is head. a weird number, though, because they yeah. did make that one movie about it, Jim Carrey, of course, but it was called 23, I think. Um, The three in itself is a power number. I don't know. It's it's the with there being three volcanoes in one that make this thing up, and then all the legends and the deaths and like people are drawn here, but the ghost activity, I mean they've made I just told you they made a horror movie about it because it's like you go in and you don't come back out, bodies right. everywhere. Have you ever I played think... the v- video game Silent Hill? Yes, I don't know. I don't know if they made a movie there. It's not far from me, but it's it's a little town here in Pennsylvania called Centralia. It's the one that's been, has an underground fire on it. It, Mm. Colvane got, got, that's where they got the idea for Silent Hill because it was on fire and and it's always smoking and steaming. So if you, I don't know, it's weird how they make these movies based on true events that, is it like they're trying to tell us something or foreshadowing yes. future events you know oh what i mean it's, it's one of those <laughs> ghost are you sure you're not a fucking psychic or something <laughs> i just ghost i just reported an episode with davy wavy and i went through all major horror movies and told what the true stories were behind them oh no shit <laughs> yeah, maybe it's one of those empath uh, abilities that i don't know that i have that just randomly appears it just came out. Out. you were yeah. like oh i bet they're based on all these true stories i'm like i just did that oh my god <laughs> but i mean you you and i can talk about that a little bit do you think that most of these horrific ideas that people come up with it's because something even worse has happened in real life and they've mm-hmm. just dramatized it made it theatrical to put into a movie yeah but- i mean 
look at look at Nightmare on Elm Street. What what was that prying on? Bad dreams. Don't fall asleep. It's based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Do you know the story? Uh, not off the top of my head because there's been so many other th- things put out there that have been debunked, but go ahead and give it to me. Okay. It is based on a Cambodian boy mm. who kept telling his parents. They took him to like a shrink because it just was getting out of hand. And they took him to um, like a psychiatrist because he said he you could know why they're not... called shrinks? Uh, I don't know. And this is just a theory that I have. What are they doing? What are they referring to? They're shrinking your head or sh- shrinking your mind, right? Ooh, why? Because your knowledge it. and your mind is expanding in areas that they don't want controlled, so they have to shrink it back. Ooh. Well, fuck that, too, by the way, because yeah. that's Tavistock. All that shit is mm-hmm. Tavistock fucking psychiatrists. and But, um, yeah, no, so this kid was like, I can't sleep. He had He would not go to sleep. He said, I'm scared that the thing in my dreams that's chasing me is going to get me and kill me. And he just, they could not get this kid to bed. So I think they actually doped him up to get him to go to sleep. And um, he he died in his sleep. And the psychiatrist said that he had sudden, unexplainable nocturnal death syndrome. Hmm. And I had never fucking heard of that in my whole life. Sudden, unexpected nocturnal death syndrome. And basically the guy who came up with Nightmare on Elm Street was like, holy fucking shit. This kid said that thing in his dreams was going to get him. Wouldn't go to sleep. Finally went to sleep. Died in his sleep. Sudden, unexplainable nocturnal death syndrome. And then he plays on the whole dream aspect where is that really the reality we live in? Like we, we believe when we go to sleep that we're going to sleep. Maybe that's reality, and when we're awake, that is what we're doing right now is a dream. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many deep thoughts. If we're talking about portals, Mm. what if dreaming just is a big portal and you're taken somewhere else? I believe it is because I've talked about it on my show. You know, I have lucid dreaming. Uh, I'm able to control them sometimes if, depending, you know, if on the situation in the dream. And I always look forward to going to bed at night because I can't wait to, to, to see what my next dream or adventure or where it takes me. You know, sometimes it's not always good. Like last night I had a dream that my wife and I were riding around. We were arguing about something and, but we weren't in our town, you know, it was just weird. But I, and I woke up and it was so vivid and real. I was like, did we have this conversation last night or was that my dream? And I had to sit there and think about it for a while. I'm like, no, that, that was my dream. That was, that wasn't, we, we did not have this conversation, but you know. I do have to say though, ghost, that gets me in trouble a lot. And maybe as a man, you will understand this, but I'll be mad at my husband for fucking weeks over a dream that I've had. Mm -hmm. And he did nothing wrong. Fucking weeks. I will be like, I cannot believe I like that girl he was banging. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) I am so much more attractive than her. You was banging this fucking fat, gross chick right in front of me, you 
asshole. And he's like, it was a dream. Like, I yeah. didn't do anything. Or I'll be like, I had this dream and you were just letting this guy yell at me and you didn't even defend me, you fucker. And it was like, I dream, obviously, but I'm yeah. like actually mad at my husband in real life. Well, I think that that plays into that's what your ego wants you to think how you wants you to perceive how your husband thinks of you. So you're, you're thinking, oh, I'm much prettier, but you're banging this ugly chick. But in reality, that is how you think he might view me. And that ugly chick is actually really you in the dream. But it's your <gasps> alter ego. It's it's your other side of your 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 ego and your thoughts. And that's why you get so pissed off and think, you know, or a guy's yelling at him and, and that's your perception of, of how he might view you, but it's only comes out in your subconscious. And when you're Ooh. dreaming, like it makes you face it. Mm -hmm. Ooh, yep. that is good. You know, okay. So let me, let me tell you another <laughs> one because I just can't no, like with that in mind. Now I have to get your opinion. I had this dream where we were still married, but we were at like this hotel and he was like, there's something I want to show you. And he opens up a room in the hotel and it's his ex-girlfriend sitting on the couch. And he goes, I think what I want to do is have um, kind of like a sister wives situation going on. And I want to marry her too. And you guys will um, be both of my wives. And I just wanted to bring you to a neutral place so we could all talk about it. And she's just sitting in this hotel room looking at me. And the only thing I'm thinking in my mind is how many ways I want to murder her. And he's like talking to us. And I'm just like, how can he be so calm about this? And she's just looking at me. And then he's like, okay, now I think we can go ahead and all have sex now. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to kill both of them. I'm go I'm literally going to kill both of them. And then I woke up and I didn't talk to him the rest of the day that day. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, obviously that's irrational. But in my mind, I'm like, what did the fuck does this mean? Because he knows like I hate her because obviously it's right. like, I don't want to think of my husband being with anybody else. And then <laughs> his dream was like, oh my God, it was so cringy. Well, that, and that's, gross. Your, that's your ego keeping your, you, you chained down. Your ego wants you to be insecure and you i'm not a big proponent of killing your ego but you have to get your ego in check your shadow work um and a lot of that is personal insecurities and then they make into fruition in your dreams and make it feel real so you feel okay all right my ego uh, I, I still have to be in these balls and chains that my ego wants me to be and you got to learn to it, it, it's part of growth you got to learn to let go but at the same time, it's a lot easier said than done. You know what I mean? Because I, I still work on it. You know what I mean? Like I had to challenge myself. Was that really, did we have that argument last night or was that really my dream? Like, and, and what kept flashing back was you were in a car, you were in a car yet. It was a convertible, but you were in a car. We don't have a convertible. And I'm like, okay, it was a dream. So I cannot be, be upset, but I understand because Women, it, it's a proven fact, women are more emotionally driven than men. And when when your emotions as a woman are played with in that manner, that makes you vulnerable and it keeps you in a weak state mentally. So oh, it does when you have one of those and you wake up and you be like, no, you're not fucking with me and my mind. I know that that was a dream. 
and you're not keeping me in that state of insecurity and fear. I know my husband wouldn't do that. And and you just have to constantly confront it. I'm not saying kill the ego, but you constantly confront it and, and keep it in, in check because you're in control, not your ego, not your shadow. You are. Oh, that just resonated so bad with me when you said that, because it's like it preys on me for weeks that mm -hmm. those dreams, because I'll just be like so mad and then I'll be like embarrassed because I let it affect me like mm -hmm. that. Like I just started a real fight over yeah. a dream fight. And like, you know what I mean? Part of keeping you in that state. Now you're mm -hmm. now you're embarrassed. And what is embarrassment? Another state of weakness just to get you in your most vulnerable mm -hmm. state to like yep. make you look like an asshole. Mm -hmm. Once you start recognizing it, you can start working on it. And I'm not a proponent of killing your ego. You just got to keep your ego in check. Your shadow, it's that shadow work that, you know, you hear people talk about. It's not easy. You know, I, I, I work on it every day. There, there's certain areas of me. I have problems letting like when someone kind of not necessarily wrongs me but like kind of pisses me off or, or whatever I, I, i'm a holder on i i hold on to that shit and, that, and and part of me the old me would would plan out a revenge now i keep it and i'm still working on okay you just gotta let it go and some days i'm really good at it i have to constantly work at myself to do just stop that because all that is is your shadow your ego trying to keep you in that negative mindset and when you're in a negative mindset you're weak and negativity and anger is the easiest emotion to prey on and that's where you get a lot of these people that commit suicide their their egos are, are, are low they're low self-esteem they're they're they don't think highly of themselves they're they're weakened and what what is easy to come in negative so if there are negative demons and entities out there yes they're going to take you to a place where they can absorb you because that's the energy they oh. need to, to keep going. And I, I listened to this one. I, I don't know what he is. It, he's some kind of a doctor, but he's like a good doctor. Like he's on our side. And he was talking about how, when people hear voices in their head, that this is not a mental illness problem. Mm -hmm. This can really seriously be demonic that there's entities talking to you, giving you these negative thoughts. There's good and, and bad entities. Right. What if this suicide force thing starts at home? Like these demons see this weak, vulnerable person. Mm -hmm. They start whispering to them. They put these thoughts in their head. They get them to this point where they're just barely at the edge. And then they're like, all right, go ahead, get in the car. Okay, now we're walking in. And then it's just like bringing them in there. It's like starting at home and actually coming full circle back to the forest and it's calling them in. They die there and yeah. then they're absorbed. And think of it this way, ghost. They're physically absorbed as well, because when they decay and their bodies decompose, they're going right into the soil. Mm hmm. And it's no, what, what kind of came to mind is, is Ryan's latest episode with that author that about the priest in that small town in, I think it was North Dakota. 
I mean, he, he would split up families and this and that. And where did it start? At home with confessions. He would find the weak and vulnerable women in the community and pray on them. You know, he's looked at as a good figure, but he's doing evil deeds. And it's no different than how Satan, we talked about it earlier, will come in and be like, hey, I'm going to give you money, power, fame, all the riches in the world, and never tell you that your soul is going to burn in, in, in eternity, if, if that's actually, you know, how it ends or whatever. You know, um, it's, it, it, they all, it's like one big spider web. It is. And everything is connected in a strange way. Like just the thought of, let me give you this token of knowledge. Let Mm -hmm. me enlighten you. Let me make you superior to other people. That's an ego trip in and of itself. Big time. Because it's like this goddess came down and she brought all this knowledge and made them superior. Like, oh, look what I can teach you. Look what you could learn. Look what you... um, can have access to and this mountain is revered like this holy sacred place but all it is is just a big huge monument of death and like decay and it all honestly makes me wonder how it could be so lush like they always describe it as being super green and lush and just this beautiful forest but wouldn't the dead bodies like all the chemicals and stuff we eat make the soil bad like kill stuff or you no. think it's good fertilizer it's really good fertilizer you know it's, it's no different than because our bodies are designed to when we die it releases acids and to break us down and what have you so it's going to kill a lot of those bad bacteria and that's why you you see bugs and animals not being affected by eating a, a decaying body but you know it, it, it kind of goes back to the native americans or south americans actually that, that gave us maize which is corn they would always they plant a seed of corn and they'd put two two dead fish in there well that's the best fucking fertilizer you can get is a decomposing body so whether it's a fish uh a bear uh a human you know it's going to be good for fertilizer it, no matter how you look at it I was also going to say, I think The Grudge, the movie The Grudge, came from Japan. A mm-hmm. um, lot of really weird, scary movies come from Japan. There was another one I watched called Shudder that was based in something that happened in Japan. And I've seen um, that one. Yeah, it was weird. Like, you take the picture and she's, like, in the picture somewhere. It was yeah. Really yeah. Japan in itself is, like, a very... I would love to go there is what I would it's say. Beautiful, like, but it, it's beautiful, but there's dark sides to it, but there's dark yeah. sides to every country, you know, look, mm-hmm. a lot of the anime, like my husband watches is very, I'll be like, what the fuck? Like that's borderline, like telling you some shit. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's weird. <laughs> um, but if you had to give me your best conclusion, are you going portal? I could I could strongly lean that way. Yes. Okay. That's cuz that's where I'm at. I'm I'm going portal on this one. And now I want to ask you Ghost. What's your favorite Halloween movie? My favorite Halloween movie uh like Halloween the series or just like a scary no, movie I mean, around or Halloween. either one. Either one. It could be like your we could do both. Your favorite Halloween trilogy or saga, however you Favorite one of those, and then favorite non-Michael Myers. 
Um, I don't, I don't really know. I know a movie that I watched as a, as a kid that I, I watched over and over again. It was che- super cheesy, super whatever, but it was April fool's day and it, it was a horror flick and, and they couldn't figure out who was killing whatever. It's been a long time since I watched it, but it's probably the one I've watched maybe the most. Um, when I was younger, I did like nightmare on Elm street, you know, Jason movies, uh, Halloween, uh, I don't really have a favorite out of any of them. They were at the time. I think they were all good. Um, But the concepts of them, I mean, Freddie, you got Jason with the machete. You got Michael Myers who escaped a fucking insane asylum and comes and fucking hacks up his family and and the whole town. And, and, and just the white, white William Shatner, Matt, you know, just staring at it. So creepy. Good. It is creepy. And And the score too, like the music in these movies just like, oh me and Dave talked about the exorcist, that tubular bells. Mm. So iconic. But I will have to say, probably the scariest movie that I've ever watched, and I I, I can't watch it to this day is ET. I have, no shame. <laughs> I have no shame <laughs> too, if you can't really? make fun of yourself who can you make fun of right all right so what okay what is it about et because you've said that before and i was like what the fuck is ghost deal with et because i thought he was cute oh i don't know i was such a little kid i might have been in kindergarten when that came out and i had all the memorabilia I had posters i had pajamas i had a little finger that you could put over your finger that mm-hmm. looked like ETs and it would glow. Uh, I mean, I was, I was obsessed with it and it came out and my parents took me to the theater. They're like, okay, we're going to go see your young, know, you're, you're obsessed with this. And the opening scene where this little fucker's running through the forest and you can't really see, you see the brush moving and all of a sudden yeah! I'm running. And it's like, what the fuck? And <laughs> I'm sitting there watching it with my eyes closed and, and, crying at some points and i'd open him up and then i see his fucking head pulsating and this and that and just the way he looked i was just like this is fucking this is creepy as shit and when i was young i had a a fear of aliens i guess like even grays or whatever and it was a few few weeks ago in the tavern i had brandon thomas from expanding reality on he goes are you a contactee i said dude i have no fucking clue I said, I have zero memories of being abducted or anything like that. I just chalked it up to, okay, I like this, this ET dude. And then I go see it in, in the theater and realize, okay, this is a little scarier than I thought, you know, as, as a little kid. And I just assumed that, okay, it scared me. So I don't, I don't, that's, I don't know. I do not know. Okay. It's weird. The ugliest he was in that movie was when they put him in that body bag and he's yeah. all, whitewashed kind of he looked like they covered him in like baby powder or something now that that was that in the music in that scene was just like oh like what Mm -hmm. is this they did make him look like a walking turd which i don't like i think they could have did a little bit more with that but he was modeled after a siamese cat the hairless cat not the siamese cat but the hairless cat i barely can see that like yeah. they made his head so like ob- oblong kind of like yeah, weird we- like yeah it was it was odd that and i do love et i i so it makes me want to ask you your thoughts on like the gremlins then like not gizmo but like the ones i had a, I had a little uh 
Pekingese. It was, well, it was my, it was the family dog when I was in high school, but her name was Gizmo because she looked like Gizmo the Gremlin. Okay, but no, the ones that popped out of Gizmo that were hairless and weird looking. Never had a problem with them. Never had a problem with them. Nope. They look worse than I thought they were funny. They look way worse than E.T. They do, but maybe that's because they look more like a monster than an alien, I guess. I don't know. Now, see, I was freaked out. Now, this is off the point. Is this a Christmas movie? I argued with somebody the other day. Die Hard? No. Oh. Gremlins. (laughs) Uh, one of them did come out around Christmas, didn't it? Yeah, so he buys or the Gizmo setting was as... as a Christmas gift. Yes. So you would consider this a Christmas movie and not Halloween? Depends on... It could be. It could be both. I mean, you know, most people don't think Die Hard's a Christmas movie, but... It definitely that... is, by the way. It definitely is. You know what I mean? So it, it's it's one of those... You can put it in both categories if you want. It depends on how your mind works you know what i mean like i don't know why that just caught me so off guard though because i do like watch gremlins like for halloween i'll be like ooh, gremlins and they were like oh i love that christmas movie and i was like how the fuck are you getting that <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this a christmas movie like you could never like put that um but there was a part two to this question which was what was your favorite thing you dressed up for for halloween as a kid <sighs> As a kid, um, well, when I was a little kid, I went and I hadn't heard anybody say this until I heard heard Kim say it on on one of the episodes. A hobo, and that's something we would call a homeless person back in the day when I was a kid. A hobo, so I had the fake cigar, you know, stick with the <laughs> bandana, like I'm walking around, you know. So I went as that. But I think the favorite one I ever went as, um. I, I kind of have two. One was I, I went as Teen Wolf one year and, and Freddy Krueger a couple times. But I think my all-time favorite would have to be uh, The Crow. I would go go as The Crow for, for probably the most. I, Whose I idea was that? Your mom? Mine. And I was actually... Uh, I was in actually high school and I... We wouldn't oh, go okay. trick or treating, but we would we walk you know walk around you know scare kids or whatever. But I'd always go as the crow. I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, randomly. That is I, cool. I ghost. Fatuated with that movie. That's probably up there in my top top three. Yeah, that movie. I mean, the way the what is his name? He died. Brandon Lee. Brandon Lee. And now there's a whole conspiracy theory around that. Yeah, uh, the same person that worked on the uh ammunition or whatever the inspector uh that person's daughter was doing the same job on the film that alec baldwin shot that other lady that was her job to inspect the rounds that she followed in her father's footsteps her father was on that movie and she was on that movie and yeah so is this a generational curse for both parties (sighs) could be i don't know that movie, anytime someone dies on set of a movie, it freaks me out. Like, um, I don't and know. I, will say hands, I don't want to interrupt, but I will say hands down, best soundtrack to any movie ever. Oh, I do like that. I do like that. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you knew about those those kids that died on the set of that Twilight Zone movie, that helicopter that came down on them, and it literally chopped hmm. both their heads clean I'm not off. familiar with that one. Oh, you got to look that up, Ghost. But 
are you a fan of twilight zone at all the old twilight zone yeah me too okay okay what's what's the best episode see i don't know episodes i don't know episodes like because i watched it when i was a kid i haven't watched it in many years the one that sticks out to me that i like the most was when a guy was on the airplane and he's looking out and there's gremlins just ripping the things off the the, on the the, wing wing. there's something on the wing yes and no one would believe them and 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 that was probably my all-time favorite one because it sticks in my head i probably watch that one the most i love that one do you remember one where there was a girl getting surgery and they had her head all wrapped up and her face was all under covers and they kept saying like oh like it didn't the surgery didn't work it didn't take and you don't find out till the very end that she's gorgeous beautiful supermodel and mm-hmm. all the other people have pig faces yes i do remember that one yes oh my god yeah, they that all have a, like, like that, push, like yep. turned up noses, yeah. and oh! I wish they'd do a good remake of the Twilight Zone. They tried to do it again, and it just what I don't. I think they tried a little too hard because what makes it creepy is the way it was filmed and it, black and white, some color. You know what I mean? It was just they they had it down, and it, and it did. It made you. It made you say, okay. You're like, oh, shit. Everything about it was just fantastic. There's two. Okay. I got it. These last two episodes and then I'll release you from your captivation. But (laughs) you released the handcuffs. (laughs) The episode where the family goes over to the grandpa's house because he's about to die and he's a millionaire. And he says, I will leave you everything I have but you got to wear these masks for the rest of the night and you have to stay by my bedside for the rest of the night. And they were like these grotesque masks with just the faces all twisted up. And then he dies, the clock strikes 12 and they remove their masks and they've become the masks. Ooh, I don't know if I saw that one. Yeah. And the, each mask represent the qualities that that person had greed, vanity, uh, one of them had like that uh she was a hypochondriac and she was she turned into like this old lady with like this twisted face one of them was glutton and the guy turned in like this big and that that episode stuck with me forever because he was like you don't even care about me the only reason you're here right now is so, because you know i'm gonna die I, and you now just that you're explaining shit. it i do remember it yeah. So he want he was like, I'll you you're just here for the money, right? I'll give you the money, but I want you to have to look at yourself for the rest of your life and mm-hmm. know what's really who you really are. That episode stuck with me forever. And the one where the little kid puts everybody in the cornfield. Mm-hmm. It was the kid from Lost in Space, that Billy Moomy kid. Okay. And he would just, he had superpowers. And like, if he didn't like what you were saying, he would be like, I wish you into the cornfield. And like, they just disappear. So everybody, he owned everything. Like every, he was in control as a six-year-old over everything. Cause if he didn't like you, he would just send you to the cornfield. Gotcha. Motherfucker. They used that little fucker in another one where his grandma called him on a toy phone mm-hmm. and he'd pick it up and he'd be like, grandma. 
and it would be her voice on the other end of the phone and it ended up like she wanted him to kill himself to come be oh, with shit. her i'm t- twilight Man, there's Zone a lot was there's a lot way of- ahead of its time yeah i'll have to go back and watch some of these because you're describing them and they sound kind of familiar but i don't remember the whole episode there, Ghost. there was a scary movie and i can't remember the name of it um but these kids got trapped in an attic and i remember the the kid the, i think the boy or the girl was talking and he didn't want her to have a mouth anymore and sh- she didn't have a mouth i want to say someone said it was like flowers in the attic it's not flowers some- in the attic because that was like a um one of my favorite movies of all time and book but that one was like based on like if it could really happen to some kids they were like tortured Okay. And uh, abused, but it wasn't like supernatural or paranormal. Yeah. But I think I remember the one that you're, is it an old movie? Yeah, it's like probably 70s, like 70s. 80s. Yeah. yeah. I think but, I remember what you're talking about, but Flowers in the Attic, like the, the grandma was like super religious and mm-hmm. she basically, she was like, I'll let you come back and live with me. It was her daughter and her kids. But she was like, what we'll do is the retribution that I seek for you to be able to get back into our family is I murder all your kids. And the Mm. mom was like, okay. And she fed him arsenic poisoning. She didn't feed him at all sometimes and literally locked those kids in the attic and was attempting to kill him, which my mom was obsessed with that movie. So, of course, I was. But yeah, that's a whole like... I do remember some standing out like they had control of the TV or he'd put plate almost kind of like that twilight episode. He put like this kid would make you be in a different place or, or kind of like torture or whatever. Yes. Like going to the corn. But I I just remember he made his sister's mouth disappear or whatever. Like you're not allowed to talk. It sounds like that episode of twilight zone that that movie could have been modeled like a movie off of that episode because it or, was so yeah. creepy yeah it was creepy and i cannot for the life of me i've never figured out what what movie this was i i ask people every now once in a blue moon when we get on a topic like that but that was one that really scared me but it was really cool and i'd love to go back and watch it again do you like m night Shyamalan movies yeah um they get a little bit predictive uh the best one was uh fuck no i'm drawing a blank i see dead people um oh six cents six cents i did like the one with the aliens signs um, signs the fuck what was what was the one with the amish people in the in the the others behind, the others or the yes. village or, or something village. like that yes the yeah, village. The village and i i do give him mad respect he films when he when he does make films he films here all in pennsylvania because he is from Pennsylvania, from like right outside of Philly. That's why I asked you. <laughs> I and, was uh, like, I but, wonder if Ghost likes M. Night Shyamalan movies. Yeah, I but I had mad respect for for you know Signs and and Six Sense. Six Sense was wow, probably his best work. And then you go back and you figure out every time the kid sees red, you know, or you know, the whole time he's talking to a dead person, which was Bruce Willis, and and it, it just kind of unravels about... again. You're like, Whoa. Sometimes he has like a mind for this yeah. kind of stuff. Now, The Last Airbender, you guys can tell me to fuck off, but I liked it. I thought he did a good job with it. 
a lot of people hated it. But he does. Is that the have kid with the powers? The last Airbender was that the kid with the powers that? Yeah. The, yeah, I, I I like that too. I, I watched it with my daughter when she was younger, and she wanted to watch it. And I was like, oh, "That's a pretty co- cool movie." I wanted there to be a sequel to it. I really, I did, did too. I, I, and and he never did. And I was like, "Man, you led us up to a point where you could have ran with that for at least two or three more movies." I think he could have made two or it. three more movies after that because, and he only didn't because people hated that first one and i never understood why yeah i, didn't I thought it was why. spectacular it was yeah mm-hmm. but yeah no i love halloween obviously it's my favorite time of the year um and then who better than ghost himself Ooh. to be part of the spectacular if anybody wants to come and check out my third eye podcast can you tell the listeners how to find you patreon.com forward slash my third eye podcast gets you uh all the full episodes of talk at the tavern full weekly episodes um i have a three and five dollar tier the three dollar tier is the full episode of the weekly uh episode but for five dollars for just two dollars more you get the talk at the tavern and that uh you can find me on apple spotify wherever five star ratings and reviews if you don't want to leave a rating or a review go over to spotify hit the five star and walk away. Bada bing, bada boom. It's simple as that. And you can find me on Instagram, my third eye podcast. And if you want to email me, you want to be on the show, have a cool story. It doesn't matter or whatever. My third iPod at gmail.com and coming on September 22nd, the first episode will drop with my co-host Shane from inquiries of our reality. Uh, it's a whole new um, podcast all in itself. Bizarre encounters with me and Shane and that covers anything from being abducted to cryptids to ghosts to like the title says a bizarre encounter and you can find you can email us if if you have a story that you just want read bizarre encounters at outlook.com and find us on bizarre encounters on Instagram DM us you know him and I are both linked to the account so one of us will see it and and get back but we're having fun with that and I, I we thought about doing a at a monthly, but I, I think I have a feeling it's going to be a weekly show. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find me and, and my other, you know, show that I'm, I'm starting up from the ground. I just want to say, I think that's an excellent idea what you two had about that. And I know a lot of people who've had bizarre encounters. So maybe I should send them your way. <laughs> Please do. And you can find me and inquiries of our reality over at open minds media. Uh, it's a small, group to get content creators whether it's artists podcasters anything you know you can look us up on discord uh opens mind open my media uh was started by him and kyle from the big dumb podcast kyle rainey the rain man um so yeah it, go check us out over there go check out open minds media if you want to start a podcast or or content creating in some way uh th- there's many avenues over there that can can point you in the right direction and, and podcasters over there. If you want to start a podcast, we'll answer your questions and, and not treat you like a dick and not treat you like they don't have time. You know what I mean? And, and I, I, you reached out to me and, and, and Ryan, we both gave you, you know, he, he, he has more knowledge than I do, but I gave you what I knew and, and what have you and, and supported you. It's kind of, kind of like that with open minds media. And it, it's nice to see, people up and coming and i never thought i i would be sitting here with a a little protege that is 
killing it in the game. And, you know, you get good guests on, you, you cover great topics, you do great research, your Laurel Canyon. Um, I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to that. And, and, and wow. I mean, just <laughs> the information that was there, I was just like, holy shit. Like it was good. It's good stuff. You're doing, you're doing a good job. I have you to found say though, it would not have happened if it weren't for you. So it is, when you say that it's the truth, I am like ghosts protege like well, if anyone you. ever asked me i'm like you know ghost from my third eye go thank him because <laughs> <laughs> he made this happen yeah but yeah, yeah you... no you've always been like near and dear to my heart and i loved your show before i ever even met you so i was like oh my god it's, <laughs> it's yeah ghost and that started out people by a, a five-star rating and review she gave me a five-star rating and review started following me on instagram and then somehow in my retarded small mind, I put two and two together that you were that person that gave the five-star review, asked you to be on the show. You're like, yeah, you're kind of nervous. You broke down your, your paranormal uh, background with your family. And then we did Da Vinci one and two. You've been on the tavern and you're like, hey, I'm like, pull the trigger, pull the trigger, do it. You, you, yes. you have the passion for it. You can do it. And I'm glad you did. And I, I'm humbled and, and, and honored to, to, you know, be the one that, that started it all for you. You know, I'm just a normal, and, normal guy over here in Pennsylvania, but. Well, well you, think of it ghost, because this is the kind of support people need who want to start a podcast. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what you guys are doing with open minds media is like, Hey, you don't have to even know us personally, just come and check it out. Ask us a question. If you have a question, like, mm -hmm. That's the support yeah. system people need to like really get the momentum building up. Like, okay, now I feel like I'm comfortable in what I know to maybe start doing this. Yeah, absolutely. And and like I told you in the beginning, if I don't know the answer, I'll point you in a direction that somebody can get you that answer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I don't really think I ever really had to, but you know, because you, you picked up on it really easy. I mean, especially with how you promote your, your Instagram stuff. I'm like, wow, man, that, that, that's, good quality how, how you do that with your episodes you. and what have you because i i don't know how to do that that well you know so maybe that's something you could teach me i was know, gonna say go ghost just say the it. word and i'm giving you the whole <laughs> tutorial like i'm here for you <laughs> yeah so it's a community you know hey mm -hmm. i'm gonna share what i know with you you know that's why i do podcasts i want guests on to share their knowledge with me so i can get more knowledge and, and enlightened and, and what have you and jump on your show i did a little research i kind of came into a roadblock but we, i think we turned out a, a banger we I mean, we kind of went from suicide forest into a whole nother fucking rabbit hole of information and how it kind of all connects through all these spider webs portals whatever you want to call them around the world and ended up on scary movies and and why ghost is scared of et so <laughs> yes exactly but no thank you so much ghost you're um, very welcome you are the best. And to all my listeners, thank you so much. Happy Halloween. We will catch you on the next one. I don't care how the weather vane points when the weather vane points too gloomy. It's got to be sunny to me when your eyes look into mine. Deepers, deepers, where you get so Get up, I think it's so little. Cause y'all get up, 
had to get that fire. When you turn those heaters on, got to put my heaters on. Where'd you get those eyes? <laughs>